Hi everyone, this is Dr. Michael Walden. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. The topic for today is your body and what it needs to thrive and not just survive. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's take it on a superficial level first and then we're gonna get deeper into the factors, the daily activities that you could partake in in terms of your choices around your health that could help produce a state of high immunity and resiliency, not just against viruses, but against many of life's stressors, whether they're toxins or whether they're emotional stressors or electromagnetic or radiation stressors. And the term that I just used, resiliency, deserves a little bit of focus. Fundamentally, resiliency means that your body is in a state where it has the ability to cope with mild, moderate, and even severe stressors for a reasonable period of time. So if you have a strong immune system, for example, let's just assume that you do, and you were exposed to a virus or a bacteria or a parasite or a fungus or a toxin like mercury or or estrogens, you name it, inflammatory mediators, a resilient system should be able to manage the exposure to these toxins and adverse, what we call exogenous toxins or factors. But the body is not designed to deal with a high level of these exogenous stressors for too long a period of time. So what happens is, for example, you're exposed to a virus or a heavy metal and your body goes into a reaction, uh, a stress response actually, And when I say stress response, that doesn't always mean you are emotionally stressed. I mean a response, a physiologic response that involves your adrenal glands that produces certain hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and allow you to deal with the stressor. But if those stressors are present longer than the resiliency of your particular body can manage, then the body goes into sort of an exhaustion phase and then all hell breaks loose. I see these patients, they say, Dr. Wald, how is it that I've taken care of myself, I've eaten healthy, I've taken my nutritional supplements, I drink my juices, I exercise, I meditate, I reduce my stress, I do yoga. I mean, they go on and on. How is it that my body is failing in this way? How is it I have hypertension? How is it I have high cholesterol? Why are my joints breaking down? Why is my digestion off? Why do I feel mentally foggy? How come I'm not as strong or resilient uh, as I used to be? Now, some of you are thinking, well, that's just aging. Well, aging is associated with many of those issues and, and many others for some people, but not all people, maybe not even most people. So the question should be that rather than my patient saying to me, Dr. Well, how is this? I don't understand how none of these things are working. The reality is I say the following. I say, first of all, if you didn't do all of those things that you had done, you might be dead now, or you might be more disabled than you think you are. But the question should be one of resolution. How do we deal with this? Not try to outthink past behaviors, which may or may not have had much to do with what we're dealing with here. So if you find yourself in a similar situation, 
maybe not as exaggerated as the one I just gave of your health being in a place and you just don't know how that, how that turned out. You might want to look at your needs physiologically, emotionally, and in terms of your lifestyle and how you live and your choices differently than you've had in the past. Look, we've all heard the saying, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, more people, have, more people can recite the definition of insanity than actually uh, acknowledge it to the point where they don't live like that. So if you want a, a change in your health, a change in your life on any level, whether it's financial, emotional, physical, a combination of those things or others, you must do different things than you've done. Then the question becomes, and I hear this question all the time is, so Dr. Wold, what do I do? I came to you for those answers. And I say something like, first of all, thank you for coming because this is something I can help you with. We can find those answers if those answers are there. And one of the ways we do that is we have to look at you as an individual person, which is common sense, right? But sometimes there's quite a lot of lip service given to common sense. And as I told a policeman once who pulled me over and gave me a ticket for not moving over a lane because it was stopped on the side of the road, he said, it's common sense that you should do that. Let me digress for a moment. And I said, officer, with respect, it's not common sense because I have common sense and I've never heard of the rule you're talking about. He looked at me a little puzzled. He was not, I don't think he was upset. And he says, I'll be right back. And he goes to his car and he takes my license. About 10 minutes later, he comes back. I think he had, a, maybe he took a Starbucks pit stop, but he comes back and he says, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna have to ticket you. I said, you don't have to ticket me. He says, I have to ticket you because you should know to move over when you see a police officer with another car on the side of the road. You must change lanes. I said, I know you, you did tell me that before and I appreciate it, except how would you expect me to know this? He says, it's common sense. I said, listen, we've been down the common sense road before, so just tell me how I'm supposed to know that. He says, well, they put ads in newspapers in your area. I said, I don't read the newspapers. Again, he was puzzled. He said, well, there are signs posted on the highways. I said, I rarely drive on the highways and when I do, I've never seen that sign. So once again, what do we do? He was very puzzled and he said, well, I, I already put you in the system, I have to ticket you. I said, I hope you don't do that to the next person who tells you the truth for such a simple thing. So why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because common sense is not so common. If there are particular rules of health that you need to be mindful of that will make the difference in your health and you don't know about them, that is on you partially. And it's also on your healthcare provider. The only way you can know something that you don't know and lift the veil of ignorance off your body, off your mind, and I'm not speaking to any of you personally, obviously, this is a radio show, uh, is to take a proactive stance and to search out others that have knowledge and experience and the results 
with their patients or other individuals that you want for yourself. It's kind of like what Tony Robbins says, among other pretty brilliant things, is that if you want success in life, whether it's emotional success, financial success, you name it, find someone who's achieved that success and do what they do. You don't have to invent the wheel. I would only differ in Tony Robbins' opinion there slightly. If you, for example, are smart enough to say, I'm gonna seek out a practitioner that practices what I believe will find answers for me so I can build an individually based health resiliency plan of action and a way of living, you must expect that there must be some investigations, some lab tests, maybe some blood work, maybe it's some urine tests, maybe it's a perceptive physical examination or whatever the modality may be to find out what you actually need. You know, in the field of natural health, which I've been involved in for my entire life, my father was a doctor and a nutritionist uh, and I wanted to be just like him. I would go to his office and patients would say to me, even at a young age, 10, 12 years old, your dad helped me and no one else could and he did it all naturally and I was so, so proud. And I thought to myself, of course it's all natural. How else would it be? And I just loved natural health. And I found for myself and my own illness, uh, when I was diagnosed at age 18 of multiple sclerosis that you must find people with experience in an area and then those people must have expertise and knowledge and education to figure out what it is you need. If on paper you're doing everything right, you're exercising, like I said earlier, you're doing yoga, you're juicing, you're taking your supplements, all these things, and you still have certain health problems that you're not okay with, then most likely there's something missing or some things missing. And when, again, when I, when I hear my patients tell me, I, you know, they're, they're so confused, you know, why, why is it not working? Um, it has to do with not knowing their individual needs. Now, some of the individuals that I speak with have gone to other natural health care providers and they haven't gotten results. You have to realize that there are, there are various levels of education and experience with natural health care providers, just like there is with uh, you know, physicians. So it's a matter of seeing someone that helps you define what exactly your health goals are. Not just some thing like, I want to be healthier, I want more energy. Those are fine goals, but that's not a comprehensive, detailed plan from which you can build a roadmap to get to. You know, if you want to reach any goal in life, you need to define the goal. And the more detail you, you give to that goal of yours, the greater the chances of you being able to get to it. Make sense? So what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna talk about some, what sound like some basic uh, concepts regarding health and wellness and personalizing that, these health uh, areas to you. But we're gonna take it a step further to really see have you done things right? Let me talk about a simple one first, which probably relates. And that would be taking nutritional supplements. 
So I'll start off by saying that if you're not taking nutritional supplements, you know, you really should slap yourself on the wrist because you should be. Unless you have some medical condition or on some medications that, you know, say you shouldn't take certain supplements, you must take supplements if you want to achieve greater health resiliency, which by the way, uh, under the health resiliency title, there is strong immune system, great circulation, proper digestion, good control of stress factors, reduction and control of inflammation, strong detoxification systems, strong lymphatic drainage systems, and I can go on. All of those add up to your ultimate health resiliency. And before I talk about supplements, I wanna mention that when it comes to health resiliency, health resiliency is sometimes confused with not having symptoms. This one uh, just entirely confuses me, but not really, and I'll tell you why in a minute. For all of the 31 years I've been practicing, individuals that I've seen, many of them have said, you know, before this, I was, I was healthy. I never get sick. I hear that so much. I have a small poster hidden behind my desk that I take up and I show the patient when they say that question and has the question written on the board that I haven't had symptoms, so I must have been healthy. How did I get sick? And the response is, at least the partial truth, truthful response is that lack of symptoms is lack of symptoms. That might mean health. It might not mean health. Many diseases, maybe even most diseases, are quite silent for long periods of time before someone gets symptoms. So let me give you an exaggerated example. If someone with AIDS um, has a low uh, T cell count, those are immune cells, they are not going to get sick until they get sick. And then they will all of a sudden get sick and sometimes die. And the, because their body's immune system couldn't mount a response against the, let's say, a viral an invader or, or, or an infection. Uh, that someone with AIDS uh, is more susceptible to. And because they couldn't mount that, that immune response, which carries with it everyone, carries with it symptoms. It might be fatigue, it might be headaches, it might be muscle aches, it might be difficulty breathing, it might be overall sensation of health and well-being is lowered because the immune system couldn't respond, which was confused with health, which is really just the absence of symptoms. In the, in the case of most individuals who say this to me. So I was healthy as a horse when I was uh, in high school. I was a track star. I, you know, I could um, run long distances. I was pushing weights. I was studying long hours. No problem. And all of a sudden, at 18, I couldn't see anything in my left eye. And maybe it was my right eye. And then I had issues with movement of my, my left arm and then my legs. Uh, and I thought to myself, how, how do I, how can a healthy person get sick? The question is not a question. It should be healthy, seemingly healthy people get sick. Seemingly healthy people are sick before symptoms show up, which we call getting sick. Do you follow? Okay, really important. But the problem, the, the thing that's so toxic about the thought that if you don't have any symptoms or just minor symptoms, you're really good, without really looking into your chemistry, is that it has people not act upon things. 
because there's nothing for them to act upon because they never really took a look. So everyone out there should at least sooner than later have a detailed look at your body's chemistries and overall health to see what you might need so that you're repairing yourself on a daily basis. And I promise you that if you haven't had the right testing that have been discussed by the right practitioner and have not been uh, acted upon properly, let's say by you, because I'm sure you're thinking, well, I've done all that and I've, I've done what I've done, so I'm good. And maybe you are. So unfortunately, all I can uh, say to you is that in my experience, a lot of things are missed that are easily manageable if they were tested correctly. So for example, I don't care what health endeavors that you've done to build your health. If you have not had a test of absorption, okay, I said absorption, then whoever you saw was out of their minds. They could not be mindful of your health because how can you do anything meaningful if you don't know how you absorb? So I would say 99.9% .9 of patients that I see have never had an absorption test. I mean, you've heard of that old saying, which is wrong, by the way, and I've said this before in other blood detector shows, you are what you eat. It's nonsense. You are what you absorb, obviously. And to take that a step further, you're not only not what you eat, and you are in part what you absorb. More precisely, you are m mostly health-wise what your body can activate from what you eat. So I did a show called Nutritional or Nutrition Activation. I don't think you've ever heard a show like this because no one's ever done it that I've ever seen. It talks about how nutrients have to be activated so they can be used in the body. Just because you eat something doesn't mean it gets used. You kind of know that a little bit because you certainly know that if you don't absorb things, you can't use them. Uh, but once you absorb them, they need to be activated. So there are ways of figuring this stuff out. And then there's another example of a, of a health problem that is generally symptomatic until, I'm uh, sorry, asymptomatic, meaning it doesn't have any symptoms, the person seems fine, until they do is, is hypertension. People get strokes, they're fine and then they get strokes. So that's why they call it the silent killer. Do you really think there's only one disease in all of healthcare that is silent? Uh, the silent killer because they labeled it that way? Of course not. All diseases pretty much build up over time. And for those of you who think, and I, meant, I was starting to say this before, that you've had every test under the sun. Um, it, I've never seen that. So people have come in, they've got all these tests done, particularly a lot of colorful tests from laboratories uh, and practitioners that cost ridiculous amounts of money that make no difference in care, like stool tests and allergy tests. Yeah, allergy tests. Sometimes allergy tests are worthwhile depending on the allergy test. But if you have inflammation from anything, and most of us do, you're gonna get many false positive allergy tests on your profile. So you need to first look at the inflammation, reduce that, and then maybe do an allergy test. But if you really, really wanna know what you're allergic to or sensitive to, which is the most, you know, very important, then you eliminate those foods for about four weeks, and then you add one back at a time, and then see what happens in three to five days. And if you have no reaction and no exacerbation of your high blood pressure, or your cholesterol going up, or your joint pains, or your brain fog, or your fibromyalgia, or your thyroid, or whatever, then you're good. You didn't need to spend hundreds of dollars on a test for that. So there's the right tests for the right person, taken at the right time, for the right health goals. Make sense? All right.
let's get back to nutritional supplements for a moment. As far as nutritional supplements, I made the case earlier that you must take them. I probably now should give a disclaimer by saying I'm not giving you specific medical health advice. Uh, this information is for education only and you should speak with a qualified health professional or doctor before starting anything that I'm speaking about today. Because if you begin some of these things that I'm speaking about today, they may be wrong for you. Look, I wrote a lab book uh, called The Encyclopedia of Anti-Aging Laboratory Tests. It's 500 pages. And it's a book for professionals. It's a $200 textbook. And it's required reading for the largest nutritional organization in the United States, which is the International and American Association of Clinical Nutritionists. And there you will, you will see in a book like this that given the combination of laboratory findings that you have, which are you know, different from, let's say, someone else, that your nutritional needs are very unique. And you must not just figure out what you, how to eat and what supplements to take and what lifestyle you want to live, but you need to check in with yourself from time to time to make sure that what you're doing is still appropriate. Needs change over time. Of course they do. That's, that is common sense, is it not? But that's not how people live because they'll come to me and they'll say, yeah, Dr. Well, I've been taking these supplements pretty much, you know, I've been taking supplements for years and years and I, I eat well and I do all those things. And I say, well, how do you know that this is right for you? And they just stare at me because they can't know unless we look. And then we have to, through a practice of a, or through a trial and error, um, trial and error effort, see how your needs change and how therefore you need to adjust your living to match. So an easy way of thinking about this is, if you were to start running, for example, jogging, uh, your nutritional needs will change. Almost no one I see, once they begin some activity, physical activity, changes the supplements or changes their foods much. They don't even think about it. They think it's just a healthy add-on, I'm exercising, but that's a stress on the body. That will rob you of nutrition. You have to put it back, and then some, if you want to catch up to a much more sophisticated level of health. To brag for a minute, I'm 54 years old. I can run marathons. I can lift weights, which I do, uh, martial arts. I have no limitations. I hike vigorous hikes almost on a daily basis. I take my supplements, I eat a certain way, and I check my labs every six months. Maybe with your health problems, they should be checked every three months or maybe once a year, I don't know. But I also defined the goal that I wanted. The, the general goal is this, I'm gonna share it with you uh, as if you were my friend. My goal was to be healthier than anyone else around me. Am I going to be healthier than anyone else around me? No, but with that goal, will I be pretty healthy and healthier than I might've been if I just settled? You bet I will, and I am. I also didn't want to physically look like a 54-year-old man. Have you seen the average 54-year-old man? If you see my photos, I'm just telling you what you could possibly do. You will not think I'm 54 years old. And since I told you I am, you'll probably guess I'm in my mid, let's say 40 to 50. But if you didn't know me, most people who make comments to me, which, it, which are all the time, almost on a daily basis about my appearance, I don't invite it, it just somehow comes up, uh, would say that I'm in my late 30s to early 40s. So having said that, if you have mentally healthy energy, and I've got so much energy, 
I only realize how much I have when I'm around other individuals. I was taking a test for my licensing in uh, Kansas City. In fact, I'm in Kansas City right now. And I was at the chiropractic school and I was with all these students who were between ages 21 to about, you know, 28 on average. I don't really know their average age, but that, that's about right. And we were together for hours and hours and I, my energy was better than most people in the room. Uh, when we talked about what we had done for studying for the exam, I was clearly miles ahead of most people in terms of rigorousness. Um, this is not by accident. These are things that I wanted to have in my life. These are the ways that I wanted to be. And I defined that out uh, as I did what I wanted to look like and feel like and what I wanted to do so I could enjoy this life to, to its fullest. And then I designed laboratory tests and other things and a health plan based upon my actual needs. Okay? And that's how I got there. That's how I'm here now. And the trick is to extend the non-disability stage of life. Not necessarily living longer, right? I mean, personally, I don't really care about living a long, long life. I used to, but my goals have changed. I want to live a rich life. I would like it to be long enough, of course. And you cannot control every factor in your life, but you can control many, many factors. So, how to take supplements? Well, I'm gonna go over some specific supplements as I go through the different concepts uh, of basically what you need to thrive and not just survive in this life of yours. But first, I want to make sure that you understand that not all supplement companies are the same. Not all supplement companies have the same quality and production. How do you know the difference? You call up a company, you say, give me a full disclosure label of this or that supplement. That is a third party assay of what's in it, its absorbability, its quality. If they say, um, I, I've never heard of that, hang up the phone. And if they say, great, I'll send it to you, and they don't, don't use their supplements. So don't get GNC target supplements. You can't expect health from that. You need to get high quality supplementation. And there are a few dozen companies out there with that level of uh, quality control. Once you've done that, and that's a very important step, you wanna find out what you need to take. So you would need to examine your food intake, your dietary intake, and see does it support, initially at least, what you feel will get you to that health goal of yours. Maybe, maybe you wanna, you wanna bowl three times a week and have the energy to do that. Maybe you wanna just do long walks um, and not have aches and pains and get health benefit from that. Whatever your goals are, and by the way, when you define them down on paper, out of your head, in the real world, on a piece of paper, put it on your refrigerator, so your nervous system will start to see that. It'll change its structure and the chemistry to match what you wanna do as you change your behaviors at the same time and you have created a recipe for success, okay? So a quick, few quick examples. How do you know you're taking the proper amount of vitamin C? You do a vitamin C flush. You take buffered powdered vitamin C every 30 minutes, a, a, a level teaspoon in two to three ounces of water. Do that every 30 minutes until you have diarrhea, then stop. The amount of vitamin C you need every day is not that amount for diarrhea every day. It's two thirds of that amount. It's not, I take a lot of vitamin C, Dr. Wald, no. And if you go to my website, uh, blooddetective.com, read more about the buffered vitamin C there. You'll see what I mean. How much, let's say, 
herbs of echinacea, astragalus, uh, golden seal licorice do you need for immunity boosting? Well, you'd have to do some tests of immune resiliency and then see what happens to those results when you take these herbs. Then you know. If you just go by, you think it should work because you read here or heard it on some radio show, uh, you, that is also a fallacy. For those of you just joining us, thank you. <laughs> this is Dr. Michael Wald. Uh, you're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. Today's topic is your body and what it needs to thrive and not just survive in this toxic world, on this toxic planet. You can get much more information on this topic if you search on the search bar at my website at drmichaelwald.com, drmichaelwald.com, and send me your questions as well as show topics like you did with this one at my email, which is info at blooddetective.com. And if you'd like to work with me personally, either through Zoom or phone consultations or in person, you can do that. You can call me or email me. The phone number is 914-552-1442. So one of the first things I like to explore with anyone I work with is how their, their stress response system works. So how would you know how it's working? So for example, you could be standing around and you can have hypertension and not know it. Just like right now listening to me, uh, not because of me hopefully, um, you, your uh, stress response might be high for whatever reason from years of being conditioned to not work properly, but you wouldn't necessarily feel it. It might look like joint pains because of the inflammation uh, reaction that happens with, uh, with an exhausted stress response. My point here is we can test the stress response. There's something known as an autonomic nervous system test where a strap goes around your waist and there's a receiver next to you and then a current is put through the body. You don't feel it. And then it measures the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, the two parts of your nervous system that manage the stress response. The different parts of the nervous system have some common nutritional needs. For example, omega-3 fatty acids that are mercury-free, by the way, are needed as a basic structure of fat, of fatty acids in the central and the peripheral nervous system. The central nervous system is your brain and spinal cord. That's in the center of your body. And then there are nerves, as many of you know, that come off the spinal cord, that go to all of your organs, which is the premise of chiropractic. If you have disease in organs, uh, you probably have uh, bony malalignments in your spine that reflect the damaged or stressed out viscera, which are your organs, affecting the soma, which is the muscles. The muscles contracting, pulling the bones out of place, making the problem worse. Even osteopathy has figured out that people with heart disease tend to have malalignments in their upper thoracic spine between your shoulder blades. I promise you that's not the only visceral somatic reflex. And also, you can hurt a muscle, strain muscles that pull bones out of place, that put pressure on nerves and venous systems and cerebral spinal fluid and arterial systems, and uh, therefore give faulty signals to organs. But Back to what I was mentioning about this autonomic test. So it'll measure the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems, which are the two parts of the nervous systems that control the stress response. And based upon that imbalance, I can glean a lot of information based on how your autonomic nervous system works, nutritionally speaking and lifestyle speaking. Because lots of factors influence the autonomic nervous systems or the working 
uh, workings of the autonomic nervous system. In addition to omega-3 fatty acids, by the way, you might want to take L-carnitine because L-carnitine helps omega-3 fatty acids get into a cell. So the way I think of it is L-carnitine sounds like a car, right? So L-carnitine is the car, and omega-3 fatty acids sit in the car, and then the car shuttles the fatty acids into the cell. <laughs> See, now you know some advanced chemistry, and you actually probably won't forget that. I love making up analogies that way to remember things. Whenever you want to remember something, you want to attach that new information to information you already have. So you know what a car is, and carnitine sounds like that, so that's an association that should be easy for your brain to put together in like two seconds. And like who's riding in the car? Let's say a bunch of fish. So you'll never forget that. So you know that L-carnitine shuttles or moves fatty acids into the cell membrane. Okay, there's many other nutrients as well. Let, let's talk about antioxidants. So you think you've heard everything about antioxidants? Eh, no, you haven't. You have not done that. I can't believe I just made that sound. Uh, you haven't because the, the term antioxidant is, is just wrong. Vitamin C, selenium, zinc, fatty acids, and others, these are not antioxidants. They are potentially antioxidants. If your body has inflammation, which is the same as oxidative stress, and you put so-called antioxidants into a bowl of oxidative stress called your body, it's going to be diluted and might even act as an oxidant, which is generally speaking bad. How do you know if that's happening? There is a test. The test is you simply provide a urine sample and have measured something called malonyl dialdehyde, malonyl dialdehyde. The abbreviation for that is MDA. And malonyl dialdehyde is an oxidative product of cell membrane breakdown in the entire body. If you take the correct amount and combinations of these extremely important, and for lack of a better word, antioxidants, you will reduce or eliminate the amount of MDA produced in the body and therefore the amount of MDA that is spilled over in the urine, you see? So the way I'm explaining this to you, because I respect you and I know that this audience is not your average audience as far as intelligence is concerned, I, I, am, I am teaching you these concepts as I would when I treat or teach, I should say, uh, scientific symposia for all kinds of healthcare providers. Th this is how it's done. And then sometimes <laughs> what will happen is I'll finish a seminar and a physician will come up to me, usually several, and they'll say constantly throughout the day, so Dr. Wald, what's your protocol for rheumatoid arthritis? What's your protocol for cancer? What's your protocol for inflammation? And these are doctors, so I tell it to them straight. I say, Doc, I, I need you to restate your question. And they'll say, um, they'll basically just say the same question again. I said, try again. Eventually they say, oh, I get it. There's no protocol. There's some, maybe some considerations you want to think about, but the only way you can know what a person needs is to test what they need. And remember, your needs change over time. So yeah, you got to check again. It's not easy. It's inconvenient. It's life. It's just how it is. So I would suggest that you embrace it like I have. And I look forward to checking my chemistries again. I look forward to pushing myself to run faster or to do more pull-ups or to do more push-ups because I've made it a pleasurable experience for me, believe it or not. <laughs> In fact, I'm most 
down actually when I do not meet those goals. But I also say to myself, listen, you, don't, you won't do everything right every day. Uh, but what can I do? I say to myself in the morning, what can I do today to move my health forward? What activity, what choices can I make? And that wonderful nervous system of ours, when you ask it questions is, you know what it does? It gives you answers. At least it gives you guiding principles. So there's so much more to say about stress reduction and the autonomic nervous system test, but I want you to know that that technology exists and that's how you want to make sure that your stress response is working well because your stress response underlies everything in terms of how your body perceives the world, how it perceives what you eat. If you have a stress system, that so-called healthy food might not have the same effect if you dilute it in an unhealthy energy. I know that we all understand this. It's just not necessarily on our minds. But folks, if something's not on your mind, the chances are it's not being appreciated. So when I wake up in the morning, and I'm gonna do this right now when you're on the phone here, I look at my a Google Calendar, and in my Google Calendar, I have a bunch of things I wanna remind myself of every day. The first one is, how can I end someone else's suffering? So when I take on my day and I look, I see the world in my interactions, ways of helping others pop up. Maybe it's just giving someone at a restaurant a higher tip than normal because I could tell that they either needed it or was working hard and it might change their whole day. Or I might simply say to someone, hello, how are you? And then not just leave it at that, but if they say, yeah, I'm good, thank you, thank you. Like, so, so what's up today? What are you up to? <laughs> and then they'll let, look at me strange and we'd get a conversation going and then you're reacting with people in life because what else is life about? Just another one, let's see. Surround yourself with like-minded people. This is on my Google Calendar. Things that I look at every morning so that my day is filtered through these things. And remember, if you're, you have something in the morning that says, well, how can I take care of myself health-wise today every morning? your brain is gonna start working on that. So surrounding myself with like-minded people, I don't wanna surround myself with people, let's say in, in other areas of health uh, or in life that don't care about these issues we're talking about. I, that's just not what I choose to do unless uh, my interaction with them has nothing to do with that. Most of my interactions have nothing to do with people who see me or have anything to do with health. So that's just fine. Let me give you another one, I can't resist. You're gonna love this one. Don't make it a thing, okay? Simple, 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 because simple is oftentimes more. Don't make it a thing. Don't you find yourself going through your day and sometimes you just aggravate, you don't even know why. Or sometimes you're, you're, you're triggered by something specific. What I say to myself is, don't make it a thing. Don't make it a thing. And then things just fade away because I've been saying this to myself for years now it took several months, but to let things go is such a joy. It's so much easier than holding on to things. Not to mention when you hold on to things, you might as well be holding on to a tumor because that's what it might become. One more, okay? And remember, all of this affects your stress response, your internalizations, your whole health is, is, is altered when your thinking is altered. I love this one. Wherever focus goes, 
energy flows. Wherever focus goes, energy flows. If you focus on your health, your energy will be applied, your intelligence will be applied to that, and you will likely have a greater health response by design. Okay, let's talk about exercise. So often people will say to me, Dr. Will, I exercise? And I'll say, great, tell me what you do. I'll say, well, you know, I, I go shopping every day and I, you know, I walk um, every day. How much do you walk? Oh, five miles. Okay, great. Are you walking quickly? Are you walking up hills? No, it's pretty flat, you know. So this is not exercise. This is fine, but it's not going to push your body to change in a powerful way. If you take mild steps, at best, you will move ahead mildly, generally speaking. And if you want significant changes in your life, don't be passive. Don't stay around and say, I'm taking my supplements, I'm okay, I'm sitting around all day, but I feel good. I'm telling you, you'll regret it. Not only have I seen this in my, my practice over the last 30 plus years, but prior to me, in my father's practice, which I was exposed to for decades, he would tell me all about this. So the point is that you must surround yourself with like-minded people, you must focus on the things you want because where focus goes, energy flows, and you wanna also choose the emotions you want. Sometimes I'll wake up and I, um, I'm nervous, don't know why. And then I say, you know something, that's my mind, just playing games, no thank you. So I am going to, I am going to take on the attitude of gratitude. Take on the attitude of gratitude. <laughs> I just made that up. Um, I promise that's not Tony Robbins, that's mine. <laughs> and I start to laugh like I am right now because I'm so grateful for my life. And I'm so grateful that I have people who trust me and that I trust and three wonderful children and you know, my health and uh, you know, intelligence and caring and all these things. Boy, I sound conceited. Uh, I'm not perfect by any means, but you can actively set the stage for things. It can't just be with what you do. It can't just be with what you do, that's important. Are you taking your supplements? Are you breathing? Are you doing this and that? That's all important. But it's not just what you do, it's who you're being while you're doing something. Who you're being while you're doing something. If you have two people, let's say two twins, with perfect, uh, perfectly the same genetics, and one of those individuals eats a fantastic diet, we'll just, for argument's sake, saying it's a fantastic diet, the right supplements, the right daily activities, and they're super happy mentally, they're grateful, and then their, their twin brother or sister does the same things, but they hate life. Who do you think is gonna get more, more disease? So who you're being matters, and what you put into that being matters given their emotional and energetic background. Beyond theory that I know pretty much everyone here agrees with what I'm saying, you know, the role of energy and how that changes structure and how it's not really different anyway, but my point is that your mental attitude on a day-by-day -day basis will set the stage for your health and what you do and what you get out of what you do. So in terms of handling health, I would say don't be passive. Do not be passive. Um, but consider 
sit down, write out what it is you want in terms of your health in all areas. Think of yourself from your feet up, other health issues every inch, write them down. But if you're feeling perfect and all that, then consider getting looked at, but define and write your specific goals. I mean, like I said earlier, whether it's you wanna go bowling three times a week or you wanna travel. I mean, when I started to do this in a powerful way several years ago, I visited Ireland, I visited Scotland, I visited Italy, I went to Iceland, uh, other places, um, because that was part of my health goals. And I needed a body and a mental, a mental health perspective that um, allowed me to do that. If I hadn't said, well, one of the joys in life that I want is to experience life and to travel to these places and other places, then they wouldn't have happened, right? That's, that's clear. So if you have certain health goals, just like exaggerate them, even if you think you'll never reach them. Maybe you have arthritis. Maybe if I asked you to run, you know, 30 feet um, at, a, at, a, at a good speed, you, either you couldn't do it or you have some issue or some excuse. But I'm promising you, someone a lot healthier than you think you are has done it and more. You know, I was just watching something this morning. Apparently, there was a Down syndrome a boy who was the first Down syndrome boy ever to complete an Ironman triathlon. And I started to cry because it was so amazing to see what he did when everyone else would never would have think, thought he could do that. Not to mention no one around him except for his uh, sidekick that helped him because he was tethered so he wouldn't uh, uh, fall down, although he did a few times, but the guy got up and he did that and he put that medal around his mother's neck. Can you imagine the pride that she had? So I decided, you know, I'm gonna do a, a Ironman myself. I've never done an Ironman. I think of, I thought about it and I thought to myself, those guys are crazy. Those gals are nuts. I, I, that's just beyond, beyond. But I can't wait now to try that. So I'm gonna choose a date and then start to plan my goals and then have daily practices that get me there. I'm not gonna win the race, but I'm gonna do it and that means I'm gonna have to change my diet, right? And change my supplementation and change my mindset and change my focus because where focus goes, energy flows. But you know, I also remember when I believe my, my youngest son was probably, I think he was like six or seven, and I was watching on television again, something very late at night of a, a race, um, a swim. Uh, and this gentleman had completed the swim to Alcatraz and he was an alcoholic and nearly died several times and then one day he got it into his head that he was gonna do this, this, this swim. And at the time I was not a swimmer, I hated the water actually. I avoided it as a kid and I lived in Coney Island on the water. I could count how many times in the decade I lived there I even put my toe in the water. And it changed me. I said, I, I'm, I couldn't understand how this guy could do this because I always considered myself healthy. But I'm like, this is a whole other level of something. So I started to do things each day. I got the date in the future of, of a race and I set it up and then I was hooked. Then I was hooked. So as I said earlier, <laughs> you know what Tony Robbins said? Find someone who's done something you want to do and copy them. And I say, copy them 
but obviously you can't copy them exactly. You can copy what they're doing, but then you have to figure out how you can do that. I don't care how old you are. I have patients who, and this is a cliche, like they look like ladies in house dresses and they ran marathons. I even knew them before I ran my first one too and I was scratching my head saying, how is that possible? Because it, it, it's, it's the mind that directs everything. So if you direct your mind to health, you're gonna to start to see other opportunities to improve your health. Don't wait for the shit to hit the fan, as they say, because it's messy, folks. <laughs> okay, so of course you wanna, I'm gonna add some daily practices here that you may or may not be doing, just to, for completeness. So you wanna juice every day, um, and the reason why is very similar to why you want to take vitamins because juicing delivers to you concentrated forms of enzymes and nutrition that you would have a very difficult or an impossible time consuming if you actually consumed all the veggies or all the fruits or take all those you know, uh, foods that have the nutrients that are in your, your vitamin supplements. And when I say vitamin supplements, I mean all supplements, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, uh, phytonutrients, nutraceuticals of different types. Okay, so you want to do juicing at least on a daily basis, and what you should have in your juicing is should be determined by what your needs actually are. So if you have a weak stress response, and we know that from an autonomic test, and we know you have malabsorption of thirty percent, and all of that, then you can figure out the configuration of what you do each day. It's really simple. It's really simple. One other lifestyle factor. Uh, well, of several others we're going to talk about, that's key in promoting resiliency so that, as the title of the show says, your body and what it needs to thrive, not just survive, is proper sleep. Um, I probably should do an entire show on this. In fact, I will. Uh, but I do want to say a few things about sleep. There's no repair if you're not sleeping. Um, and you, it's not just the hours that you sleep. It's the quality of your sleep. And you've all heard of the REM sleep and the deep sleep and all of that. So some of you come to me and you say, you know, Dr. Wald, I get up at least one time a night. That's not necessarily abnormal. But if that's happening in the context of some ill health, we do want to attempt at least to see if we can uh, have you sleep through the night, which helps guarantee you're in deep REM sleep. In terms of how many hours you should sleep, do we want to generalize right now and say everyone should you know, sleep seven to nine hours? That's ridiculous because generalizations are toxic. Generalizations are toxic. They're toxic. You know, I'll, okay, I'm going I'm to tell you something. Someone I hardly knew, I struck up a conversation, and she said to me, I'm reading this book, How Men Want Bitches. I, I said, I was shocked at what she said. I said, um, why are you reading the book? And she said, because, you know, men are this way, men are that way. I said, okay, I got you. I'm so, you must have had some bad experience. And she's like, yes, absolutely. And she go, went on to tell me that. And I said, well, do you think there's any harm in thinking that all men want that? She says, they do. I'm like, well, how do you know that? Have you met all men? She says, no, but the ones that I've met, I said, that's right. The ones that you have met. And then she stopped for a minute, her eyes changed. I could tell that she had a shift in her thinking. And I said, you know, do you think there's any possibility that if you read this book and you put that in your brain, that men want bitches, then you will see all men a certain way? 
She says, I'm not so sure about that. I'm like, well, think of it this way. Let's say you wanted to buy a Mini Cooper and you, you know, you knew nothing about Mini Coopers before, but you researched it. And then all of a sudden you start seeing Mini Coopers everywhere. <laughs> Every one of you out there, you know what I'm talking about, has, has, has experienced this. Um, and in fact, that's what happened to me. I was thinking of buying a Mini Cooper and then I started seeing them everywhere. They were always there. The Mini Coopers were always there. The men are always there. The women are always there. But if you superimpose on top of life a certain attitude, and that is your filter, we all know this. We all know this, but we don't all keep it in the forefront of our minds. Then we are going to have a toxic life. So by the time our conversation ended, she says, wow, I realize now that uh, my, I, I took my own personal experiences and I extrapolated them to mean every, every man, which of course is ridiculous. Um, and then for someone to write this book uh, is playing upon uh, people's basically weak psychological tendencies to generalize. Generalizing is dangerous. So that was an interesting conversation. And what I'm saying to you here is, among other things, is if you start to think in terms of what else can I do for my health? What else can I do to enjoy this life? What, what, what can I do for someone else? You will start to see those opportunities just like you will for yourself with your health and asking you those same questions. What can I do today that maybe I didn't do yesterday that can improve my health and well-being? And your nervous system will start to flood you with ideas. Back to sleep because this is what this was about. So there's not a number of, like if I said seven to nine hours is what everyone needs. Some people need six hours and they have tons of energy. I need probably around seven hours. Some people think that I don't sleep and that I'm always doing, well, I am always doing, but um, I, that's what I need. So there are, there's a whole conversation we can go through about determining how much sleep that you, that you need. Um, and then, uh, again, if you don't figure that out and if you're getting up a lot at night, you know, very plainly, you want to get out of your bed uh, when you can't sleep, sit in a comfortable chair in another room and maybe listen to some music that is just uh, or, or nature sounds, something without words. Don't read a book that's about murder, you, you know, because then you stimulate your sympathetic nervous system and that's not good. And then when you finally get tired, no matter where it happens, it might take two hours more. Don't worry about the next day because that's not gonna help you. That's only gonna stress you out. And when you get tired, then you go back in the bed because you associate the fatigue with sleeping. That and much more we'll talk about in terms of sleep on another show. Maybe I should end with some thoughts on uh, digestion. So your digestive tract is your mouth, your esophagus, your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine. Your small intestine, in the walls of your small intestine, is your immune system, part of your immune system. 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your small intestine. And the rest of the immune system, pretty much, is in the bones. And then there's a certain amount of immune system in the cuffer cells of the liver. So, and the pyres patches are the areas in the small intestine, which is your immunity. So if you want to improve your immunity, and I suggest you do as much as you can in this COVID world, uh, it's not going away. It's not ever going away. Life is never going to be the same. But those with more resilient immune systems will do much better. 
when someone looks at your immune system through testing, we can test, for example, how quickly your immune system cells move, which is their immune resiliency, are they the proper shape and the proper numbers of cells. And then you try different nutritional factors based upon your testing and your lifestyle and what you do and what you don't do and what your health goals are. Is this all, we're pulling this all together now, right? And then once you do that, you'll know what it takes to improve your immune system. Maybe what helps your immune system is taking 5,000 IUs of vitamin D3 every day. And for someone else, I think for everyone pretty much, they should take N-acetylcysteine. This right now, to me, is most, one of the most important nutrients in a COVID world. N-acetylcysteine is highly antiviral. But even with that aside, it breaks up mucus in the lungs. I've said this on other shows. It's a drug for cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic condition where there's excessive mucus secretions in the lungs. And these people with cystic fibrosis die usually in their 50s of infections. But the coronavirus affects the lungs in that way. It produces all this mucus and inflammation and clotting. And N-acetylcysteine, although it's not been studied in the novel coronavirus, common sense would tell you it's probably a good thing to take because that mucus, the mucus layer, is, is layer number one, right? And then layer number two is the cells of the lungs which exchange oxygen, called the alveolar cells. So if you put a respirator on top of mucus, it's not getting oxygen in there. You have to break up that mucus. So N-acetylcysteine might be one of the things that you need for your immune system. How much? How much of any supplement? How much of protein, carbs, and fats might you need? You wanna do a body composition for that and a diet history for someone to look over to figure that out. So that's really key. So when people come to see me and they haven't had an absorption test, they haven't had a bioimpedance or a body composition test to let you know your percentage of muscle, water, and fat and your phase angle, these different things I've talked about, there's a phase angle show I did, you might wanna to listen to that, then you're, you're not gonna get the doses right. I mean, think about it. What you've been doing might be really good, but it might be deficient in many areas because you just haven't looked. And many people too, they, they don't stick to things. So it's important to use technology like your Google Calendar to remind you to take your supplements, to remind you it's time for a lab test, to remind you, you know, to go running or to lift weights or to do your calisthenics or whatever it is. So what I was hoping to get through to everyone today uh, is reminding you what, what most of you actually know, that there is a difference between what your body needs to thrive and not just survive. The difference it's gonna to take to find that out is to do some testing and do some questionnaires and question yourself and define your goals. Define your goals and then if you choose to see a practitioner, whether it's me or someone else, then I or someone else will help you expand upon the, that possibility or to help define it. Because the more defined it is, the more crystal clear it is, the more clarity that you have, which you've created by writing this down, by taking action, doing something today, not just tomorrow, but now, because that's when people mess up. They wait too long, the buzz wears off. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me today. My name is Dr. Michael Wald. You've been listening to your body and what it needs to thrive and not just survive. You can reach me at 914-552-1442. You can email me at info at blooddetective.com. And please check out all the free content on my website at drmichaelwald.com. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.